I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 284 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, it's time for another Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood. I have an awesome guest for you guys. He is a retired Navy SEAL who is now a pastor. Gunnar Hansen joins me today, so talk about a dichotomy of two totally different lifestyles. Gunnar will be here with me to talk all about it in just a few minutes, so please... Stick around for the interview. All right, and I have an awesome guest announcement for next week's Frogman Friday episode, which will feature another Navy SEAL who chose a different career path as well. Next week, it'll be Mike Rutledge, who went from Navy SEAL to Night Stalker pilot. Mike will be the second Night Stalker pilot that I've had the honor of speaking with here on the podcast. The first, of course, was legendary Black Hawk Down pilot Mike Durant. So make sure you lock it in for next week's episode. Next week is also going to be just an incredible week. I have some really great dads joining me here. As I mentioned, Mike Rutledge will be here. Yesterday, I told you about former skateboarding sensation Mikey Taylor, who is now a very successful entrepreneur. He'll be here as well. And I have another guest announcement for you guys for next week. Legendary outdoorsman Jim Shockey will be joining me. Jim is the biggest name in the hunting game. I've had his son-in-law, Tim Brent, on the show a little while back. So don't miss out on all of next week's content. It's going to be packed full of great content, some awesome dads, great advice, good stories. So lock it into my Instagram account, at Alec underscore Lace, to find out who else will be joining me here. And if you guys could find the time, please drop me a rating or review over on iTunes. It really goes a long way to help me out here. And just please help me spread the word about this podcast to any father that's in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that is here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule. And every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with former Navy SEAL Gunnar Hansen. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Dads, are you tired of taking supplements that never deliver? Well, Redcon One was created to ensure that you get real hardcore products that deliver real results. Trusted by four-time world's strongest man, Brian Shaw, and founded by supplement entrepreneur, Aaron Singerman, Redcon One is crushing the industry. You have to try their MRE bars, which are packed full of nutritious food sources that will replenish your system when you need it most. And they taste so good, your toddler will think they're eating a candy bar. But we're talking whole food meal replacement. And right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners can save 20% on their entire order from Redcon 1. Simply use the promo code FATHER at the checkout. So let's go, dads. For the highest state of readiness, choose Redcon 1. Visit Redcon1.com, use the promo code FATHER, and save 20%. Joining me now, First Class Father, Gunnar Hansen. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Hey, thanks for having me. All right, let's start here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I have four kids. I have a daughter that's 13, another daughter that's 10, a son that's 7, and another son that's 5. Yeah, you're right there with me there. What type of sports or activities are they into? Uh, we, we uh, you know, we... In, in kind of in opposition to the the push of today's culture, we try not to um, to, to like burden the the schedule with uh, you know with, you know thinking that all of our kids are going to go to pro- professional athletics, and so we we kind of I think we view sports and stuff more as as hobbies. So we have uh, you know my daughter's my oldest daughter's gone in and out of horseback riding, and now she's 
kind of in between and, and not not doing that so much. I have another daughter that her she likes kind of dancing one day a week, and then my 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 oldest son he likes doing he plays hockey, so he plays hockey on Tuesday nights, and and then the, both of the boys do a very non-competitive kind of like once a week soccer at their school sort of thing. So okay, yeah, very cool. Uh, Gunnar, if you could just take a minute here, please, to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Well, I uh, after high school, I, I, I enlisted the Navy while in high school. Um, I graduated high school in 1993, went to boot camp. You interviewed Chris Gomez, so Chris Gomez and I were, were really much peers. We went through BUDS together. Uh, we served in the beginning, and then for, our la- for my last tour in the Navy, we served as instructors together. So I did 12 years in the Navy um, all as, a, as a Navy SEAL, obviously. I, I was at SEAL Team 3 and then ended as a first-phase instructor, and then I separated from the service in, what was it, 2005, and from 2005 till present, I've I've been the senior pastor at a church in San Diego, California. Yeah, that's an incredible ride there, Gunnar, and and how old were you about when you first became a dad, and how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? Um, Well, I would, let's see here, so my... My wife and I, I'm trying to think of the year. I forget the year I was still in the Navy. She got pregnant, and then we we lost that baby to a miscarriage. And so that 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 was probably where my my perspective changed. Um, we, we we lost the baby. I think before that there was a lot of apprehension about becoming a dad, worries, concerns. Then my wife got pregnant, and then you know, then you, then everything kind of emotionally changes within you. You suddenly get excited about it, and the thoughts of uh, all that could be kind of surface. And then, um, then we we lost the baby, and and it took us. So if my oldest daughter is 13, I think it, so that was probably 16 years ago. So it took us about it took her about three years before she got pregnant with our first daughter, and so we didn't we we didn't know if she, like maybe we weren't going to be able to have kids. And so I think that losing the first child sort of um, shaped my uh, you know my perspective of kids that they're a blessing. And and so then we had our our oldest, and we're super grateful. We didn't know if we were going to be able to have another one. Three years later, then another one came. We were super grateful for that one. Then the third one, you know, about three years later, a boy came, and and then shockingly, 18 months after that, we had the arrival of of our last uh, our last son. And so, I, um, you know, I'm not sure if I answered your question, but I, I I think I'm grateful for children. I think they're a super huge blessing, and I I do think our our uh, our culture and society has has lied to people about the expense and inconvenience that that children are, um, but they're a huge blessing, and I'm I, I I'm just super grateful to be a dad. Yeah, very well said, and I think you're right there. One of the number one things that I say that people will say when I tell them I have four children, they look at me like I have six heads, and they're like, oh wow, you know, they look at me like I'm a rock star. Like, how could you ever afford that? And that and it's uh, they say I could never afford a, you know a child right now, and I'm just you know, I don't really don't know how to respond sometimes. I just say, well, that's not the truth. That's just the way that you're seeing it. It's not that you can't afford it. You're just uh, telling yourself that you can't. So um, it, it's kind of sad to hear so many of the different perspectives that especially the young men have on what fatherhood and family life is really all about. Absolutely, yeah. Now, becoming a pastor was that something that you had entertained before you joined the teams or, or, or the Navy, or is that something that came during your service? Yeah, during my service, I uh, 
I, I was not I was not a religious guy at all. Um, I made it through training and after training, checking into SEAL, I checked into SEAL Team Three on June twenty third of nineteen ninety five, and on July second, I had a uh, I basically got drunk, went out driving at twenty years old, and had a resisting evading arrest. And kind of over the course of the next eighteen months, I I lost my security clearance and ultimately got it back. But during during that window. My life kind of fell apart, and I had a friend that was a, a Christian, and and so he he kind of nagged me to go to church a bunch, and I I finally conceded that I would go once, and I went once, and and uh, th- through that time I, um, you know I, I I accepted Christ as my Savior, and and then began the journey of of trying to figure out how did being a Navy SEAL and being a Christian fit together, and and ultimately for my master's, I my thesis was on the Christian in combat, and and uh, really helping guys. My, my one of my passions is helping people who who carry arms to protect people how to how to reconcile the the use of force and their faith and so that's, that's you know I was not a Sunday school kid growing up at all yeah and I think that's one of the biggest questions that uh, that I would have gone on too I mean I've had other seals on the show Eddie Tenney who who, who um, found Christ and, and has became uh, changed his life around too but it's it is one of those things, like, how do you help to justify, uh, especially military service members, about thou shalt not kill uh, while being, you know, a devout Christian? Yeah, you, 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 hit, you hit on a, you know, one of the, the cruxes. Um, there, there's a different, the, you said thou shalt not kill, it's actually thou shalt not murder. And murder and killing are two different Hebrew words from that text. And so so there's a... Uh, there's there's a difference between murdering somebody and and justifiable like self defense or uh, taking of the human life um, in a different circumstance. So so there's so I do think that there's a there's a there's a misconception as the argument carries over to Romans 13, the first four verses. There it talks about that God has established the authority to, to protect um, society from evildoers, and it doesn't bear the sword in vain. And so the the heart of it is those that are anybody that serves, and from law enforcement to the military, uh, when they're doing it, they're not representing themselves. They 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 stand for the authorities that are over them, and so they uh, they function in the capacity of administering administering justice for for the government. And so, in most cases, especially law enforcement, the use of force is always in in protection of their own life or the protection of another's life. Uh, the military, it, it gets a little more complicated uh, for for a 30-minute phone interview. But um, within the context of the United States, every soldier, every law enforcement, if they don't function according to um, re- really the Judeo-Christian ethic that our nation was founded on, they they will be held accountable. And there's there's plenty of law enforcement officers and plenty of military in jail and prison for uh, not not using force. Uh, in in accordance with law, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, no, it does, and I, I can only imagine that the, the difficult battles that must take place on you know with your inner conversations with people that are, you know. That's why I'm very grateful for the veterans, law enforcement, or all these people that that have men and women that have put their lives on the line to protect us, mm-hmm. uh, because it, it must be a uh, a very difficult battle. And I do know, too, I think, Gunnar, uh, I talk about on the podcast a lot about the fatherless problem we have. I feel like there's an attack on the family life in this country, and I think that combined with the fact that God has been removed from so much of our school system and our society, I think those two factors alone are responsible for creating most of the problems that we have in the nation. 
I, I, I mean, I agree with you. Within the within the SEAL teams, it's it's pretty well known that most 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 of the guys in the SEAL teams, while we all have different stories, it, there's an there's an overarching theme that many of us do come from broken families and and find our our families within the SEAL teams, and and those men tend to be the, the men that shape us. And I think through my time growing into manhood in the SEAL teams from the men there that poured into my life. It kind of it, it, it taught me how to become a dad, and and ultimately that's why I I left the service at 12 years, eight years from retirement because um, because I have such a, a fractured family tree and, and background that I I often have said you know I'm okay messing up everything in my life and failing at everything, but the one thing I don't want to fail at is my marriage and and my being a dad, and so. For me, that that meant walking away from the SEAL teams eight years from retirement, so that I could be uh, home and present with my family, um, even if there was some, uh, you, you know, I mean, there's some financial fears of of walking away from a, a you know a full military retirement uh, for the sake of uh, investing in my kids. And you know, I've been out now for 12 years, and I've been fine, and I'll be fine. <laughs> there was, you know, the 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 risk ended up not being as great as the reward of being able to be around for my kids and, and my wife. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, Gunnar. And what what, is, what about in the SEAL teams? Is, is there any type of, like, um, is religion uh, something that's, like, uh, not talked about in the teams, or is it like uh, everybody's welcome to, you know, so, you know uh, practice their religion as they are, or is it kind of like a thing that's kept quiet among among the team guys? No, I would, I mean, obviously over the last you know this this war has been going on for for some time now, and things have shifted. And so, um, I, I think that um, I feel like guys have been free to to practice whatever they they want. Um, with, with that, I mean it's the it's a high octane. You know, ex- we you know we believe alpha males are like they're the weak ones. This is like extreme alpha male context, and and it's an environment where everybody is is harassed, and so. Um, so if, if you're walking, whatever your faith is, you're going to be harassed for your faith. And if you're an atheist and you're really into to, to whatever you fill in the blank, you're going to get harassed for that. And so, um, it's just the nature of the beast is we like, we, we express love by, by tearing into one another. And so, um, so the guys that are strong in the faith are strong in the faith and you're, they're going to, they're going to take a ribbon for being strong in their faith and guys that aren't, don't have any faith that are into other things, they're going to take a ribbon for whatever they're in. So I, I do think that war war changes the context of, uh, you know, pre-9-11, we were invincible, and and uh, it, was, it was just a different mindset. We we have lost many good men and lost a lot of personal friends over the, the course of the last however many, almost 20 years that it's been since 9-11 happened. And so the, 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 the I'd say the, the posture changed when when we started taking more casualties. And so I, I think guys are a little bit more, uh, there, there's a, there's a more serious note about faith and, and religion. And I, and I do think that there's been a, you know, like I don't, I, I feel like I know more brothers in the teams that are, that are believers now than I did back then, but also back then I wasn't really a believer. So it's hard, it's hard to, to quantify that, you know? So. Yeah. And, and definitely too, that, you know, I, like you said, most of the, um, the guys that I have on, I can't imagine how difficult it must be to, to keep a family mentality together while you're serving in the teams because it seems like it's, uh, you know, such a highly 
dedicated job that you have to have so much focus on. And I know that the, the marriage rate or the divorce rate in the teens uh, is pretty high. And I, and I would imagine that, that that's a big part of the reason why, um, you know, you were able to disassociate or just get away from the teams and focus on the family. Yeah, but, uh, but, uh, but uh, and, to, and to push back on that, there are there are many guys who are successfully married and, and have good families and have been faithful to their wives, like a ton of guys have. And and to, to the, the men that I look to with uh, positive outlooks on their marriage and family life in light of the extreme demand of traveling and what they're doing is the, the team guy wife is a special breed. There are some very tough and resilient ladies. And so, you know, I, I am able to, um, even in my life, I'm, I'm been able to be the husband and dad because of my wife is, is exceptional. And, and there are, uh, you know, I'm not going to name names, but I, I, can, I can think of dozens and dozens of these team guy wives that are just, exceptional women that can hold the family together and are resilient and and have a tenacity about them that that is on par with their husbands and so i do think for any successful marriage is is marrying well and not letting your passions get the best of you and and uh really you know selecting a quality spouse means you know can make the 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 night and day difference of uh what your marriage and family looks like yeah, very well said. And I'm curious to ask you this. I usually ask about disciplining your kids. Now, you're a former Navy SEAL and a pastor, so what type of disciplinary are you when it comes to being a dad? Hey, dads, are you looking to boost your energy level? Strikeforce Energy has got you covered. With a Strikeforce Energy Packet, you can turn any beverage into an energy drink. Their original energy packets contain no sugar, no calories, just an explosion of energy and flavor added to any beverage. Strikeforce Energy is veteran-owned, and all their products are made right here in the United States. Co-founded by Navy SEAL Sean Matson, Strikeforce Energy blows away the energy drink competition. Right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners can save 15% off their purchase by visiting StrikeForceEnergy.com and using the promo code FATHERHOOD. Strikeforce Energy turns any beverage into an energy drink. Get yours today. StrikeForceEnergy.com, promo code FATHERHOOD. You're a former Navy SEAL and a pastor, so what type of disciplinary are you when it comes to being a dad? So I... Um... <laughs> So, so to add that, like I was also an extremely abused kid. Um, so the last time I saw my, my my biological mom has passed away, but the last time I saw her is when I had to testify against her in court at 11 years old. And so I um, I, I do believe discipline lacks in our in our culture today. In, in large part, um, I do think that uh, discipline is also misunderstood. Um, I think as the kids get older, like I, I feel that I'm having to use uh, corporal punishment less and less these days. But for me, like, so I don't like spanking my kids. I do believe in spanking my kids. Um, but I think a, a proper, a proper quote unquote spanking um, is is rendered in love and, and clarity, and ultimately leads to you not having to spank your kids anymore. Um, and and so. For me, when my kids were young and the and and spanking, what it meant was nobody was angry. They we talked through why they were getting the spanking. Then when they when when they were able to answer why they were getting a spanking, two swats were given, and then immediately after the two swats were given, they're crawling into my lap, 
and I pray for them, tell them I love them, and that we're all good, and then we, we move on. And, and so um, what I see... What I see in a lot of uh, environments, you know, you go to the mall and you see basically a parent that loses it, their minds and then they basically are unleashed on their kids. That That's not discipline. That's not a uh, um, – there's no instruction there. There's no guidance. There's no There's no purpose in that. That's just a, that's just an individual losing their mind and, and provoking their kid to wrath as well. And, and so um, now, nowadays, as my kids are getting older – um, my little boys will get them occasionally, but but now the 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 means has to has to change. You know, like early on, there there's more of a, you know, like God God gave us a sense of pain as a blessing. You you touch fire, it burns. You pull your hand back. Where when they get older, it might be something more like, okay, it's not a spanking for my 13 year old. It's a you're like you have a cell phone. We're gonna your cell phone is going away, and you're you're, you're not going there. The, the 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 punishment has to be in a way that's that's more felt so that it ultimately is is coaching them. I mean the the aim of discipline is to is is really coaching not in a malicious sort of um painful way but 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 discipline leading to to, to action so that um our aim is when we're not in the picture that when they're out on their own they'll be able to have the self-control to be able to to, to function in a way that they don't end up in prison. I mean, that's the that's the bottom <laughs> line. And so I believe that um, that uh, you know the discipline that we exercise now it's ultimately to save them from the punishment out in the world that is much harsher than anything than than we could give. And it, it's it's for them uh, to be able to blossom, not to break their spirit or anything like that. And and there's def- and as an abused kid. There's definitely, you, you know, I'm very conscious and mindful of that, and I, I quite frankly, I, I hate, you know, I hated giving spankings, and and uh, and so I, so I think that really cushioned how I went about it. So I think that my wife actually ends up being more of the disciplinarian than I am, just because, um, you, you know, I mean, so so it's kind of there, and there's also a personality with our kids. Our kids are split. Um, I have two kids that are very stubborn and are very like me, and then I have two that are very gentle and sweet and and more like my wife. And so I tend to have to discipline the hard-headed ones, and then my wife tends to discipline the sweet ones because they have me wrapped around their finger kind of thing. So, um, yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah, and I go through the same thing myself. And I think there's obviously a definitely discrepancy between you know spanking a child and beating a child. So I think that. Uh, and it doesn't always necessarily work. Like I have kids, like I I could spank them all day long, and ain't gonna change, you know. Exactly. I'm a yeah. kid. I could spank them once, and that's it, you know. Yeah. I mean, I have the two kids. I just say that I'm gonna spank them, and then that's it. They, then they <laughs> they are done. And then the other ones, it's like, well, you can spank them all day long, and it's like, okay, this isn't accomplishing anything, so we're not we're not gonna go that route. Let's figure out what, you know, it's about figuring out so that they can learn their lesson in a way that they have some sort of pain, whether it's emotional, physical so that there's a natural consequence so that next time they seek to do the right thing on their own. I mean, that's, that's, that's what we want is that our kids, when they launch at 18, going to college, that they will be able to uh, be placed in an environment that is going to be tempting them to do things that will have far greater consequences than, than any spanking so that they know how to get a hold of their, their flesh from a, from a Christian perspective and to say, you know what, I'm not going to make that decision because the consequences of doing that will be far greater than any immediate 
uh, instant gratification um, that I can get from this moment. And so that's that's ultimately what we want. And I and I really wish I had that when I was a kid, and I didn't have it. So. Yeah, well, that's one of the good things too about fatherhood is you get a chance to do the things you thought should have been done. You get a chance to do them. Absolutely. Um, and you know, I wanted to ask you, Gunnar, too, just because I mean, I, my four are just about the same ages as yours. Mine are thirteen, twelve, eight, and five. So uh, for my wife and I, uh, the most challenging uh, transition was going from two kids to three. That once we had our third kid, that first year felt like one long day. Yeah. Uh, what, what was what was the um, what would you say was the most challenging um, uh, uh, you know uh, denomination of kids? Um, well, obviously the, the, the first, the first one was terrifying. I remember, uh, leaving from where we had her and it was like, they're letting us just take this kid. Like, who do they, who do they, who, who do they think we are? You know, like <laughs> driving away with the car seat going, oh man, there's no, like, we're, the buck stops with us now with this kid. And so the, the first one was terrifying, you know, leaving, realizing that you have now been entrusted with this, this precious life. The, the second one was less terrifying, but that, like you, the, the, the third one is you have to move to more of a zone defense and and it's you it's no longer one on one and it's you know you have to manage the three of them uh, four four I've realized that you enter into a special fraternity anytime I see kid, parents with more than four kids it's kind of like there's a special wink and a nod and a hey we're in the same boat and and uh you know, you 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 want to keep them alive, and it's it's you suddenly start to realize by the the three or four kid mark, you know, you can have one child and the kid can be perfect, and by the time you have four, you have kids that have different personalities and different subsets. You're like these are all four kids from the same family, and you realize that the good ones have nothing to do with you, and the bad ones maybe don't have anything to do with you. Also, that um, it kind of breaks your spirit. But I. Uh, I um I I found like the even with four for me is spending one on one time with my kids and and uh and trying to be diligent about that. So about three years ago, my dad was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and so my my relationship with my dad began to we're 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 in this this kind of this last chapter of our of our relationship, and it made me uh, remember my childhood, and so. Um, about three or four years ago, we have a uh, basically um, uh, uh, San Diego Goals. We have a hockey team that's in the the AHL, which is right below the NHL. And so I bought season tickets, and so um, I, I started taking. You know, I have two seats, and I rotate through the kids so that I get one one time with each kid, and and just trying to you know rotate them through the hockey game so that I'm being uh, intentional about. Um, spending one-on-one on one time with each child um, as opposed to the the whole clan. And so that, that's that been really good for me in just uh, helping me kind of develop as a dad uh, more of a, like, nurturing fun sort of in a, an environment where we can be shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder and, and uh, have, have uh, I heard one guy say once that quality time comes within quantity of time. And so just making sure that I'm putting quantity of time in with my kids so that I can find quality moments and in, in the, the the quantity of time that I spend with them. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, it is just having four kids myself, it is definitely one of the things that I'm uh, super observant about is the amount of time that I give each to individual, each one of them individually, and making sure that whether it's just going to the library to go get a book, if, for me, it's not really much to do, but for the for, for the child that I'm doing it with, it's like their whole day, and it really means a lot to them. So um, it's something that I'm super, uh, you know, observant about my, in my my own uh, parenthood here. 
what do you got coming up next year? What kind of goals or plans do you have here for yourself for the future? Uh, well, I, I, I'm doing them. I'm, I, uh, I mean, I, I, right now, Lord willing, I'm, I'm in a, I'm holding course where I'm at at my, my church and, and, uh, just, you know, if, if God has it for me to stay here through retirement and just in, in this season, I'm very, uh, planted with, uh, you know, with my kids, just kind of, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a short and fast season. Um, I remember when my second daughter was born, I, I, I I brought her to church for the first Sunday, and there was an older gentleman at my church, and he looked at me with tears in my eyes, and he's like, "Brother, she's gone already." And I'm like, "Dude, I just brought her home from the hospital, and you're te-, like, he's like, I his daughter had graduated from college that weekend, and he's like, it's over before you know it, and uh, it had a huge kind of impact, and so I, I recognize that this, while it seems like we're in the trenches right now. Um, they're they're gonna be gone before we know it, and so so I'm just really trying to focus on on the realizing how precious life is and how life can change in a moment, and and life will change quickly. That you know, especially as my 13 year old daughter, it's like oh man, we're like getting to high school, and you know, it, it, like to think that you know within four or five years she'll be transitioning out of the house to a, a collegiate environment is, is a, an, you know, it's kind of a sad thought. It's like, Oh no, you know, how did that happen so fast? So, so I'm just uh, enjoying the, the moment this season that I have now before it's um, before they're all out of the house, which will happen quickly. Yeah. And you may have touched on it right there, Gunnar, but the last thing I like to, I want to ask you, I love to ask all the dads I get on the podcast. What type of advice do you have for that new father or for that about to be dad who's out there listening? Oh, what kind of advice? Uh, you know, I'd say it's to the fathers. I'd probably, you know, just say it's gonna be okay. I'd, I'd encourage them to, to, you know, to work hard, provide for your kids. Um, don't also at the same time don't don't uh, don't succumb to the rat race of this life. Um, you don't like. I see a lot of dads just killing himself trying to provide. You know the this the sport. I, I feel like sports has just changed from when I don't know. I'm 45, and and when I was younger, it seemed like sports were for enjoyment, and now it's it, it seems that sports has almost catapulted into a new new category where they're traveling, they're doing all sorts of stuff. The parents are are, are killing themselves um, financially and just time wise, trying to keep up with everything. And and I'm not even convinced that the kids are happy in this environment. And so I, I, um, you know, I, I, probably not a really clear advice, but I I do think for a lot of people that there's like the, just to to slow down and to simplify life a little bit and, and, uh, to, to give the kids, you know, maybe less structure. Like I do think there's something about unorganized playtime. We live in the country and so we have a lot of dirt and rocks and, and I, I think there's something about, uh, you know, like uh, letting them enjoy the the season of being a kid before you – I feel like we're putting all these demands on, on kids that it's like they're going to have their whole adult life to have structure and, and so to, to give them, you know, just to, to relax a little bit is <laughs> probably what I would I would say, you know. And then, uh, you know, to, for me it's, it's – a you know, I, I feel like putting God into the the mix is super important, and to to to, to really um, to give them a connection to God because God will be with them long after I'm gone, and so um, that that's important to me. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. This has been an honor for me. I got to say, Gunnar Hansen, you're a first class father, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on first class fatherhood. 
my, my, my pleasure. Thank you very much. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Gunnar Hansen for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was such an honor. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to hear your feedback. I hope you enjoyed all of this week's action. We kicked it off with a special Veterans Day episode here, which included six awesome interviews with some of the most legendary military warriors of our time. Be sure you go back and check it out, as well as all the rest of the action from this week. Next week, five bangers are coming your way, including Navy SEAL turned Night Stalker pilot mike rutledge and legendary outdoorsman jim shockey okay follow me on instagram at alec underscore lace for all the rest of the upcoming guest announcements that's all i got for you guys today i'm alec lace thank you for listening to first class fatherhood and please remember guys we are not babysitters we are fathers and we're not just fathers we are first class fathers Tall as a tree, but it's all feeling so